Hello, and welcome to our podcast, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything, where we hear from business leaders and entrepreneurs about the moment, insight, or inspiration that made everything possible, and ultimately push them over the tipping point. I'm Mike Strada, founder and CEO of Arcalea, where we inspire business change by introducing data science, formal analytics, and provide implementation for marketing. Moneyball for growth-oriented businesses, we say success is now a science. Stay with us, and at the end of the show, we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in the industry. And with that, let's get started. Hello and welcome once again to What Makes Them Tip. As always, I am your host, Jeff Ford, and we are so grateful that you could be here as we go on this journey to talk with uh, business leaders out there who are innovating and doing brand new things, and hopefully will inspire you in your journey as well. Today on the show, we have a very, very interesting company and does some very interesting work, and I've been very excited to talk to him and find out more about his company. Today with us is owner and founder of Four Discovery, Chad Goff. Welcome to the show, Chad. Hi, thanks for having me, Jeff. No, we're glad that you could be here. So the first thing I want to do is just let people know exactly what it is you guys do at Four Discovery. Give me a brief kind of overview of your your company's goal. Sure. So so we do we do digital forensics. So think of it as uh, autopsies and inspections of uh, electronic devices and data. Um, primarily, our clients are uh, attorneys, law firms, uh, or corporations. And really, what they're trying to do is is answer some questions, or prove or disprove some theories they have uh, using electronic evidence. Wow, that's fascinating. And so, because uh, I, as a person who is a creative uh, person who does a lot of digital creation, video production, and animation, and audio, and all that kind of stuff. I have lost more than more than one uh, hard drive to various <laughs> things throughout the uh, throughout my experience. Is that something that uh, maybe you guys could have helped me with, or is this is it mostly like just trying to track down kind of where somebody's been and what they've done? Um, so data recovery becomes a part of it because often some of the devices we want to look at are in the best shape, especially when it comes to things like mobile phones. Um, mm. But you know. Recovering data from computers, uh, mobile devices after they've been in a car crash, right? It's it's looking for evidence that you may have plugged a thumb drive in your computer and copied off some trade secrets, or maybe mm. you uploaded a virus, or maybe you're a disgruntled employee that was deleting documents, um, forging financial reports, or something else. Um, you know, any of that nefarious stuff that you you read about that people can do as computers you know you can get into the the realm of of sexual harassment just general employee misconduct uh you know anything that you do with, with your digital life is going to leave behind some sort of trail and that's what we'll be looking at so you guys are like detectives basically out there solving uh crimes Pretty if you much. are whether it's business yeah. or actual legal so what kind of clients do you guys usually have that come looking for these kind of services um so it's a lot of attorneys uh it's a lot of civil litigation uh employment law trade secret theft um mm. you know we'll do some work for uh you know corporations and, and higher education as well 
you know, related to some of the incidents and things internally they want to investigate, especially around things like a, a data breach, right? Um, I'm sure everybody's heard of like ransomware. Uh, how did it get in? What did it do? Did it steal our files? Um, did it access our confidential information and leak it out on the internet? What did it really do? I got you. So that, well, that's, that's kind of fascinating. You guys are following that digital trail to find the truth. Um, it's kind of interesting. What got you into this type of work? What were you, what were you doing prior to starting this business? Um, I've been doing this for probably 20 years. Time seems to fly. <laughs> um, you know, prior to that, I, I worked for a big Fortune 500, and I, I, I initially did some some of the other side of security. So I did a lot of like penetration testing. It was testing software and applications for vulnerabilities, or testing systems for insecurities. Um, that was fun, but I, I definitely liked the other side. Right. It was uh, not, it's not, can I break in? It's after you've broken in, can I find you? Mm. Um, I just had a lot more of an interest in that aspect of it. So ended up doing a lot of that investigative work. And then I, you know, working at a Fortune 500, it, it offers you a good playground, uh, lots of technology, lots of people, lots of different types of systems. Um, but, you know, large companies move slow. And I was fortunate enough to find out that there was actually a, a market for this, um, you know, doing this work for corporations that weren't large enough to have dedicated resources on staff. Um, and then realizing there was a there was a market for this in the legal space as well. So, you know, doing this kind of work and then serving as that expert witness that you can put up on the stand at trial and have somebody testify about what happened on a computer at a certain date and time. Wow. Yeah. I can imagine the market has got to be huge and growing even larger now that everything is digital, right? I mean, everything we do, we've, everybody's got a phone in their hand or a computer. Everything they're doing is some sort of a digital connection to the world or to their company. Um, and I know the company that I work for has very strict rules about what programs we can have even on our, like, uh, we're not allowed to use Dropbox and things like that because we might put, you know, company stuff out there and those kind of things. Um, but if someone was to to be doing the wrong thing, you guys would be able to track that down, right? Yeah, exactly. It's just a, a it's just an investigation to figure out, you know, even though you weren't allowed to do use Dropbox, did you actually use it anyway? Because mm. there there might be a security control. There might be a policy that says you're not allowed to, but is there a security control that would prevent you from doing it? Mm. That's great. So tell me what, uh, so you guys have been in business for how long? How long have you been doing this? Um, in the Ford company Discovery's you're in now? For, yeah, Ford Discovery's been around for about 10 years. Awesome. And yeah. what, uh, and what, what kind of, what would you say is a way that you guys have kind of been innovating in this space? Because it's very unique. I think this is not something a lot of people even think about as being a business. Like, I mean, I, obviously I know this is done, but it never even occurred to me like, oh, I would go to this company and hire them to do that. Yeah, some of the ways we've been innovating are, are um, honestly through education, um, you know, especially for our attorney clients. They're fantastic attorneys, but they're probably very bad at technology or just not able to keep up to date on technology. Hmm. Um, so we, we do a lot of education um, and we, we've been pretty successful at, at bringing this type of service um, down to like a lower middle market. You know, where, where typically it'd only be something that 
you know, a multi-million dollar case would, would use or, or can afford, right? Like we've got this down now where you can use it on a, a reconstructing if somebody was on a cell phone during a single car accident, you know? Mm. So we've kind of made it more attainable um, and then use that education piece. You know, there's, there's a lot of attorneys out there that, um, you know, if, if they're trying to determine if somebody was on their cell phone during a car accident, they'll just subpoena the cell phone provider like AT&T. Um, Cause that's what they've been doing for 20 years. Uh, not realizing now that, you know, AT&T is not tracking whether you're using a text message or iMessage or browsing Facebook, right? Like that information isn't available at the carrier. You don't you get that as on the phone. So. So the key is, is trying to get the, the, uh, the law uh, realm to realize that, that, that this, this type of uh, deep dive into that information is actually available. So that's, they're so, are they kind of, do you find that they're kind of sometimes stuck in, as you said, uh, in kind of the old ways of doing it and they just need to know that this kind of stuff is going on? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, the t- technology changes really fast, you know, mm-hmm. things that uh, we can get from a, an iPhone from a forensic standpoint today are things we maybe couldn't have done last year. So you know, they, they just need to be able to keep up to speed with these technology changes. And, and you know, we're, we're in the middle of things like COVID now. So Zoom, Slack, right? All of these things that we're dealing with working remotely that we probably didn't have last year, it's creating new kinds of data. It's new kinds of records. Um, you know, maybe they want to know who you've been doing Zoom meetings with all day, like we're on now. You know, Zoom will have a record of all of this stored in your computer. So... Um, you know, stuff like that can be pulled off and, and reviewed and just presented to the attorneys so that they can have all the information they need for their case. Now, wasn't there um, just a, it seems like just a few years ago, um, and maybe you can, uh, maybe you've dealt with stuff like this too, that uh, the, the, you know, the companies that make these products like Apple and, uh, you know, uh, Samsung or whoever's developing the the software and the pro- products uh, sometimes don't uh, like to cooperate with that uh, with law enforcement or those types of things. Is that something that you guys see a lot in your in your field, or is that something you're 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 hired to work around because you 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 know how they work? Um, you, you're absolutely right. So manufacturers are are getting a lot more secure in their devices, right? You're probably thinking of like the Apple San Bernardino situation where they were, you know, trying to get Apple to unlock a phone. That's what it um, is, yeah. You know, Apple refused to do it. And, and you're right. You know, if you have an iPhone um, and it's it's locked, it's it's protected, there's, you know, really there, there's kind of no way into that. Mm. Um, but we don't work on the criminal side of things. We work okay. on the civil side of things. Gotcha. So, um you know, we're not usually dealing with the, the problems where law enforcement has where they're just not being cooperative. You know, this is the a civil lawsuit. So, um, you know, all we usually have to do is ask, right? It's a corporate-owned device. You. It's not like we're it's not like we're snooping through like personal devices of of people. They're 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 corporate-owned assets. So, so that um, yeah. corporations got the ability to get into them and unlock them. That was more so. That was more of a of a privacy question of a of an in individual versus the government, rather than a the company owned that phone and they're like, 
you know, I, this phone is, is my company's phone that's in my hand, but yep. I use it for business and everything else. But uh, you know, when I leave, I have to give this back. It's technically their phone. So anything I'm doing on it, they have the right to find out what's in there. Right. Um, you know, that would depend on probably the policy that you signed. Uh, you know, there's probably an IT usage policy that, that dictates what they're allowed to, to look at and not look at. Sure. Sure. I think I just find, I find that whole subject matter fascinating. I can't, and I think it's exciting that you've been doing this for, for 10 years. Um, what do you think for, for your company though? You guys are, are, are apparently you're doing well, right? You guys are on the Inc 5,000. Is that right? Yeah, we, uh, we, we, we finally were able to make that this year. And I was, I was really excited about that. So it's kind what, of been a goal for me. That's great. Congratulations. That's really good. That's yeah. huge. Right. And what would you say, um, if you were to look back kind of across these 10 years, could you, can do you, can you think of a tipping point kind of moment where you finally, uh, where success was, you, you know, you knew like, wow, this is where we needed to be. This is the, the niche we were looking for. I really feel like this is, this is what, what we're doing is right. Some innovation or tipping point for you guys. What would that be? Yeah. So, um, I grew this very organically, you know, I, I kind of started out with just me in a spare bedroom, uh, got busy, you know, added a person, uh, eventually needed office space, added a couple more people, you know, um, did a very organic growth, um, nice and slow, uh, which is the way I like it. And I, but I, I think the tipping point, you know, would have to be the, the point in time where we actually start having um, our clients like come to us. So it was, it was really just looking at, at the year's sort of numbers and revenue and, and where our clients were and realizing that, you know, our marketing was like next to zero. Um, it was all based on repeat business and referrals and word of mouth just because we've been doing like, you know, such a good job. So um, being able to impress clients and just have them refer you out. And that, that got us into, um, some, some bigger projects, right. Um, which th that's where things start to snowball. Yeah. And are you, so you guys, uh, are you guys able to work anywhere in the United States or in the world? Do you have, is there certain like, uh, cause I know it's, you're working with legal organizations a lot of, a lot of times. Are there any kind of, uh, guidelines that you have to, you know, work in certain states or you, you guys can work anywhere. Uh, we can really work anywhere. Um, you know, we've got clients all across the U S and we've even done some international work. Um, sometimes it requires travel, but you know, what we really need to do is analyze data. So it really depends on where that data is located. You know, if it's in the cloud, it really doesn't matter if the company's based in California. So. Hmm. Yeah. You, so you guys, yeah. I mean, again, as we said, can't go anywhere without, touching the digital world now, it seems like. So exactly. can do that work from anywhere. And, and with, and it sounds like even from, uh, from working during the pandemic last year, uh, did that affect you guys very much? Or did you find that, you know, again, since you can, as long as you can get access to the data, were you guys able to, uh, navigate those waters pretty well? We were, um, we got really good at, uh, uh building out a bunch of what we call like remote collection kits. So if it's something where I need to get the data from your phone, um, specifically, but you don't want to send your phone. We've actually been shipping like laptops to you and then, you know, remoting into them, having you attach the phone and then we'll do that and you kind of send it back. Um, so we've been doing some of that 
remote work instead of you know going on site to businesses or, or places to capture data, we've been doing it remotely. Um, we, do, we do have a fairly large lab. So as you can imagine, going through this data requires a lot of computing power. And it's a ton of data, like volume wise, like mm -hmm. terabytes, hundreds of terabytes. Mm -hmm. So it's not something we can really do in the cloud either. Um, so, you know, we have had to sort of make a, a rotating schedule for our lab just to kind of have one person in here, you know, sending receiving packages, moving data from different machines, uh, you know, keeping the lab up to date. But uh, we've, we've done fairly well. We've, we've gotten through it. I love that. That's, I mean, that's an innovation in of, of itself, right? It's like, we need to get to the data. Well, we'll put together a, a package that allows them to do it locally and then get it back to us. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that's thinking, uh, on the ball. That was definitely, uh, another innovation right there. Yeah. Um, do you think that's something that, uh, that will replicate itself at, once the pandemic is over? Does it seem like that's something that'll make it convenience or. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's something we'll continue to do. It's, it's frankly, it's a, it's a much, much lower cost, you know, than, than having a human travel and show up somewhere. So, yeah. And then you can pass that value on to the, to the end user who's trying to get it done. That's great. And that's, I love hearing those kind of stories because, you know, everybody obviously had to, had to kind of screech to a halt and figure out a new way to do business during this, this last year. And uh, hearing stuff like this is inspiring because it's like, yeah, we had to do things differently, but you know what? Uh, we had to do things differently for the quote unquote new normal. But then when yes. the new, when the normal reverts back to the old normal again, some of these things are just better ways to do things that we, you know, because of, because we were stuck, uh, we had to innovate in new ways. And I love those kind of stories. It's fascinating. Absolutely. Yeah. There's been a lot of new technology that's been adopted, a lot of new ways that we do things that, that you're right. They're, they're not going to go away. So, so if you had, if, there's if you a had big to, piece of that is the new normal. Right. Right. It's fantastic. It's, it's really cool to see that kind of stuff. Um, as, as, as painful, obviously, as the the pandemic was for so many people and for businesses in general, a lot of businesses, obviously, some actually didn't survive. But the, the ones that found ways to 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 you know stay afloat and and not 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 only stay afloat but thrive in this environment has been has been exciting to see. So, hopefully, that uh, that information that and that's the kind of stuff we're looking for on this show too is that we can share that with other people who will be like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is a I need to do that. You know, this would have helped me. And so now, you know, now they'll have some hope going into the the new year, which is great. So if you were to, to look back uh, 10 years ago to uh, Chad Goff, who's just kind of starting this business on his own. And I love that. I love to me. I just love the fact that it was you in a bedroom 10 years ago <laughs> and now you're on the Inc. 5000. Like, that's great. Like, that's got to be you got to feel pretty good about that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What would you What would you tell Chad Goff sitting in that bedroom right now if if you had the chance to go back into? Because there's probably a, another Chad Goff out there in his bedroom trying to figure out what to do next. What would you tell what Would you tell him? Uh, great question. Um, you know, I, I tend to be a very sort of cautious person by nature. Um, so I I grew the company pretty slow. Um, when I I never really had a a doubt that I was going to fail. I was just cautious. Mm. Um, you know, if I had to go back 10 years and, and talk to myself, I would say, um, 
you know, why are you being so cautious? Get out there and, and do what you want to do. You know, it's the right decision. Um, you know, do it now. Grow. Um, believe in yourself. That's awesome. So before we go, I do want to give you a chance to tell people uh, where to find you, uh, what you guys have going on. So, so if they want to learn more about what you're doing, what would you tell them? What? Um, yeah, really just, uh, uh, you know, check, check me out on, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, visit our website. We always have webinars that we do to talk about um, different aspects of technology and, and how we're dealing with it from a forensic standpoint and, and what's out there. Um, so yeah, we're at least monthly webinars that you can join. And, and there's a lot of activity on, on LinkedIn from us as well regarding things in the news and, and, you know, different implications that that may have from a, a, a data standpoint. Awesome. Awesome. That's going to help a lot of people. I think, so your website is the number four discovery, correct? That's correct. Yep. Yep. So the number four, four discovery.com. You can find out more about what they do there and about, uh, digital forensics, which I just think is the coolest thing ever. It's like doing an uh, autopsy on my hard drive um, <laughs> and, and other things like that. Um, that was a great, I love how you described that at the beginning. I, I just, I, I, I'm, I'm envisioning an entirely new uh, CBS uh, crime drama, right? That's <laughs> just, just people going through laptops and computers and, and finding uh, clues to, to what, what went on. Yes. Do you think you would be, you'd be, would you consult on that television show if I, if I pitched it somewhere? <laughs> um, so, so actually um, for, for two seasons, CSI did a spinoff that was called CSI Cyber, uh, where they were doing You're that. You're right. Exact, I remember and that I, now. And I, I was the technical consultant for that. You show. really were? That oh, is so funny. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. I didn't see that on LinkedIn. Usually I try to find that kind of stuff and, and I bring it up on the show. You snuck that one in on me. Uh, that's did. fascinating. Now I want to do, a, I want to start the episode over and talk all about that. Um, no, that's fascinating. So, well, we've got a little bit of time, so let's, let's just briefly tell me about that experience. What was that like? Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I got to go out to Hollywood and hang out and sit in writer's rooms and watch them, you know, break down episodes. Um, it was kind of eye opening for me, um, you know, just watching how, how TV is made and, you know, understanding that they kind of need to keep you know, technically accurate, but you know, the time frames that they're under, um, you know, I remember sitting in the writer's room and they were, they were trying to go through this cell phone that had blown up in a bus explosion. And they were like, okay, so how does this work? And I kind of walked through it and I explained all the steps about the chip off and the damaged phone and covering it. And they all kind of stood, they stared at me blankly and they said, we have three minutes to find the phone, get the data present it to, you know, the cops, and then they have to go find the bad guy. We have three minutes for this. So I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, let's just wing it and see how close <laughs> we <laughs> so they So they took a few liberties there as far as yeah, exactly. you have to, I think, from a narrative perspective. Yeah. But so are you like me then? I, I'm, I'm a huge, like, geek and love TV and, and movies and stuff like that. Are you, are you kind of nerdy like me when you see stuff like, especially like some of the old movies when they were trying to tell us what, uh, what the internet was like and you see how it works and you're just like, oh my gosh, this is not how, you know, you hackers are just tapping away on their computer and it's like, you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that, that used to infuriate me, but you know, after doing some consulting, I, I now understand why they do that. Yeah. So it's at least, I'm like, well, yeah, there's no way they could have gotten that in there. Um, yeah. 
And I actually just think I learned this week that there's actually, uh, uh, I think it has its own Wikipedia page. I think it's called like the CSI effect, where the show's been on so long um, and they, they collapse what they do in real life uh, so much that, you know, they think that it only takes a couple minutes to, to dump a cell phone and, and you know, tell yeah. you what all the SMS messages on it are, recover that deleted data. So um, it's trickling down in a real life. CSI yeah. That's funny. Wow. That's fast. That's really cool. Yeah. I have another, I have another podcast that I do where we talk pop culture. Maybe I'll call you up and we can talk all right. all about your experience on that show. Cause that sounds great, but thank you so much for spending this time with me this afternoon. Uh, yeah, it's really a pleasure to hear what you guys do. It sounds like you've got a really, really interesting business going on there. I wish you obviously the best of luck. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. And we thank you guys for listening. As always, this is What Makes Them Tip. We hope that you'll listen to us again next time. I'm Jeff Ford. Have a great one. Thank you for listening to our show, What Makes Them Tip, innovations that changed everything. If you're an entrepreneurial leader and you'd like to share the inspiration that changed everything in your business or venture, please visit arkalea.com slash guest and a small request. If you've liked this interview, please help us out by sharing this episode with a friend or on social with the hashtag Arkalea. You can also help us out right now by providing a review in your podcast player and a thumbs up or rating review would help a ton. We promise to read every word and it helps us improve a little bit each day. And while you're at it, please also subscribe because every week you're going to be inspired and learn from other leaders in bite-sized increments. Again, my name is Mike Strada. Let's connect either on social or stay up to date on all things business at arcalea.com. Thanks again for listening and thank you for being part of the over 99% of America's firms that make up the entrepreneurial community. Until next time.